Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation. Welcome to the Believe in Raiders podcast. I'm Dennis Ackerman. I'm joined by former Raider great Stanford Route and a very, very special guest, former CEO of the Raiders, current co-host of the podcast called What the Football with Susie Schuster and an analyst on CBS's That Other pregame show. Please welcome Amy Trask. Amy, this is such an honor to have you joining Stan and myself. Well, I'm thrilled to do so. I'm a fan of your work. And really, Stanford can ask me anything, and I'm going to do my best to help him because, you know, Al told me two things. (laughs) Kid, never leave a team without corners and speed kills. And Stanford was our corner. And if I remember correctly, Stanford, you ran under a 4-3-40, did you not? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I think you were about a 4-2-7. (laughs) yes you're spot on amy yes you are there you go no it really is an honor and a pleasure to join you both thank you for having me likewise likewise amy stan go ahead and start as you got the first question my man oh man uh here we go i guess uh uh amy obviously we see uh what happened last week antonio pierce getting the interim tag taken off of him and now with the current head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Give me your thoughts on that, how everything came about and exactly where it lands with you. Well, I thought what was, you know, particularly thrilling to see heartwarming, exciting, um, invigorating, whatever word we want to apply. And we can apply all of those words was the way the team played when he took over as head coach, the team played hard for him. And as you know, Stanford, that that's very, very, very significant. It speaks loudly and clearly of a coach. They were playing like Raiders for him. And I hope that continues. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That was something that I definitely noticed from the day that he got the job after what was it? The Detroit lions. We all remember the Monday night football game. I believe it was, it was either the day of Halloween or the day right before. And it just seems like everything has been a complete turnaround, a complete 180 since as far as just Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, guys like that within the locker room, as far as their mindset or the mood that they had versus what they, uh, toward Antonio Pierce versus what they had uh, with Josh McDaniels. Um, I love your use of the word mood because that it just, it's a swagger. And you know this, Stanford, there's a swagger associated oh, yeah. with the Raiders and that swagger was missing and the moment Antonio took over it was back and you could see you know when you hear what you heard from Max Crosby Crosby and so mm-hmm. many other players very 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 significant yeah all right Amy before I ask you about the Raiders other move in the front office let me just get the promo read in here real quick and make our sponsor happy and betonline.ag is your number one source for all your info stats news and scores BetOnline is always your sports information headquarters this season as we have you covered for all your sports wagering needs. Basketball, MLB, NHL hockey, right to UFC and boxing. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info, including live betting options, your favorite casino and card games. You can play right from your home. 
Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, Amy, uh, owner Mark Davis, he went in a little bit of different direction with the general manager role, hiring former Chargers GM uh, Tom Telesco. He spent 11 years with the Chargers while they were in San Diego and then L.A. I want to get your thoughts on that hiring. Uh, interesting. Obviously, they interviewed quite a few candidates, and Antonio was involved in many of those interviews, I believe. And, you know, clearly they think that that's going to be a match. And I loved what Antonio Pierce said about working together collaboratively. It always makes me a little crazy when I hear people talk about, well, I want my guy, or I want my guy, or my guy, or my guy. No, no, no. You're going to work with whomever is in that building. And you know what? You've got to find a way to work together, no matter who is there. And I loved what I heard Antonio Pierce say about, we have to work together. And I think that's a great attitude going in. And don't forget about Tom Telesco. This is a guy who drafted Justin Herbert. And I think that mm -hmm. was quite a draft pick. I love that. Indeed. All right. Uh, let's look ahead then, Amy. Well, we've got the coach in place. We've got the general manager in place. Uh, the Raiders finished eight and nine. And I think there's obviously a couple of glaring needs for this team. Stanford and I have talked about this quite a bit, uh, particularly along the offensive line. But then at the quarterback position as well, the Raiders have all their picks in this upcoming draft, including the 13th overall pick in the draft. Amy, did they stand pat? Do you try to move up? What do you do? You know what? I am not the girl you want on talking about the draft yet. My gosh, it is still January. We have yeah. not even played the Super Bowl yet. So I am not yet looking towards the draft. But I will note in this regard, there's a lot of opportunities to, to make player moves, whether it's the draft, free agency, a trade. Uh, you know, you can build your roster in any number of ways. You can use a high draft pick. You can trade it and accumulate more draft picks. And I know I'm telling you guys things you already know. They have a decision to make as to the quarterback that we saw start once they benched Jimmy or, you know, I, there might be a nicer way to set that. Once they had Jimmy move aside and, and decided to start someone else, you know, we saw promise and they've got to decide if that's the direction they want to go um but boy you guys it's only january give me a minute uh, trust me i know <laughs> i'm right there with you amy it seems like football has now become a year-long sport where whether it's the season it is free agency the draft it is training camp and then so forth all around again so it always it, it, it there's never a downtime uh, right now, whenever you're referring to the NFL, just because there's always an event going on. So I'm right there with you. Like I have to pinch myself or remind myself that they just they're about to have the NFC and AFC title game in a couple of days. And everybody's already putting out mock drafts where this person <laughs> should go, this trade and all things like that. So I definitely know what you mean on jumping the gun, but I'll go ahead and I'll just go ahead and and float this out to you. And you can just tell me wherever it lands. We just were talking about, obviously, with Tom Telesco drafting Justin Herbert for the or from the Oregon Ducks. Well, for me, for the 13th pick, how about somebody else that is from the former Pac-12, now going to be the Big Ten Conference, and my man Michael Penix out of UW. 
Well, a couple things. I love you for setting it up for me the way you did. I, of course, was being silly about saying, no, don't make me think about the draft. Don't make me think about the draft. You are absolutely right. It is a year-round sport. And you know what? We love that about it. But I just laugh at myself when people are already looking at the draft and I'm, you know, saying I'm like the person saying, get off my lawn, get off my lawn. I don't want to think about the draft yet. But of course, we're thinking about the draft. So I love you for setting it up the way you did. I do not love you for referencing the demise of my Pac-12 conference. I'm a Pac-12 girl. Of course, when I was there, it was the Pac-10. And let me mm-hmm. make very clear, I was not there when it was the Pac-8 because um, that was mm. even before my time. You know, he the the quarterback you mentioned is obviously tremendous and they you know, all all laughing aside about my get off my lawn, I don't want to think about the draft yet. You're right. Teams are thinking about it. They should be thinking about it. And he's an exciting prospect. The question is, do you want to use that pick? Do you want to move up? Do you want to, you know, pack, get rid of that pick, package more picks? All of those are options for the team. And a lot of it is yeah. going to depend on how strongly they feel about the quarterback in-house. Absolutely. And by the way, you really did want to make me cry on that Pac-12 reference, didn't you? You know, <laughs> Amy, I'll tell you this. It's, it's somebody that's involved heavily within college football. It is now a power four country. There's no longer power five. And when you just look at how Oregon, Washington, um, Stanford, Cal, Arizona, Arizona State, and UCLA, USC just bolting to the other conferences, I mean, good Lord, like at the end of it all, are we going to have just a power two where it's the Big Ten and the SEC after it's all said and done? I think you raise a terrific, terrific question because we don't know how this is going to play out. I mean, what is this going to look like in four years or five years or 10 years? Um, I don't know how it's going to look, but I do. um, And again, you know, I'm looking at it from the perspective of someone who was part of the Pac-12, and I'm sad that the the conference is is gone now. Um, But I do think losing some of the tradition and some of those rivalries is very sad. And in that regard, this girl who went to Cal Berkeley is going to give a shout out to Stanford because I love that Stanford stood with Cal as this all unfolded. Stanford had greater financial resources given what's gone on with Cal and its stadium and debt associated with the stadium. But Stanford and Cal stayed united. And for that, I say, thank you, Stanford. Yeah, now part of the ACC, which is crazy. That's that's the next conference to go, I think. Yeah, I I don't even, I know, I I don't want to get off topic too much, but like, how bizarre is that going to look? I've already looked at Clemson's football schedule next year. Clemson plays Stanford, Bay Area, all the way to Clemson, South Carolina. And then you got, USC versus Penn State and not in a bowl game, like an actual conference game on a regular Saturday morning or afternoon in the middle of October. I I want you guys to be how bizarre is that going to look in a normal, regular, every Saturday conference game? Well, I know you don't want to get too far off subject, so I, I won't <laughs> drag this out, but I do want to make, mention one thing. I think you raise a phenomenal point because let's for the moment put aside football where they're flying on a chartered plane and even put aside basketball where the where athletes are well tended to. I know where you're but going. 
Well, yeah, right? So your lacrosse, your women's volleyball, your rugby, um, or you're not playing, you're in a sport that's not playing just one game a week. You know, Baseball. It, it, there you mm -hmm. go. And so when people at these schools want to say student athletes, student athletes, well, what these universities and these conferences are doing is absolutely undermining the concept of the student portion of student athletes. Yeah. Think about, mm -hmm. you know, how the heck would I have done in school if I'm flying all over the country? And so many of these sports are not flying privately. They're flying commercially. So now you're flying across the country. You have to get home. You've got a midterm or a final the next day. Your plane is canceled. Your plane is delayed. Look, I'm not going to drag this out, but I don't like it. All right. Let's get back to the pro game now. Okay. We are recording this on January the 25th, and I don't know if you two know, but today is the 43-year anniversary of the Raiders winning their second Super Bowl. Jim Plunkett, yep. MVP, throwing three touchdowns. They beat, it. They beat the Philadelphia Eagles 27-10 in New Orleans. Amy, I want to ask you a question. Did Al Davis ever share with you which one of his three Super Bowl teams were maybe his favorite or most talented? And that's a great question. And I did ask him questions about that. Which was your favorite? Or when there was a play that, you know, an officiating call that didn't go our way, which one bothered you more? And I think he was very, very wise and smart not to rank things in terms of favorites. We discussed the various Super Bowls. We discussed, you know, games and players and officiating, but he really didn't do a lot of ranking. Um, as to your point about it being the anniversary of the game, I'm really enjoying seeing all over social media the stick'em that was used back in the day when stick. <laughs> Imagine if you got to use stick'em, Stanford. How, oh my I mean, goodness, you, I would have had ten more interceptions. <laughs> and you didn't, you didn't get to use stick'em, and you were a great player. And by the way. I will forever, forever thank you for that play in 09, December. You caught that guy before he got into the end zone in Denver. We won <laughs> yes. the game. Yes, and Stanford, thank you, thank you, thank you. That play kept them from the playoffs. So thank you mm -hmm. again. Yes, it did. No problem, well, no problem. Happy to do it, Amy. Well, gee, let me guess the one call that angered Al Davis more than anything else. You'll be Would surprised. that be the tough one? The tough one? You'll be surprised because that was an instance in which, you know, we get back from the game. Of course, we're flying back. The plane is delayed because they have to de-ice the plane, but then they're yep. de-icing the runway. So then by the time they de-ice the runway, we have to de-ice the plane again. It was just, a, a, it was horrible. We land. It's the next morning. And I remember the next, that day or the next day saying to Al in person in his office, asking him about the tuck rule, the Lytle fumble naming another a number of plays and i said to him which hurts the most and i thought his answer was very wise he looked at me and he said for the moment this one only because it just happened in other words he still wasn't ready to or willing to rank which bothered him or hurt the most simply noting that it was the most recent that hurt because it was the most recent mm -hmm. hmm. I interesting very interesting. Amy, is there one piece of memorabilia that you would have wanted from Al's office? You know, I'm not a big memorabilia girl. I've just, okay. I've never been a saver of memorabilia. Um, and I, I'm answering in the following way, not to avoid your question, but I don't have an answer as to memorabilia. I can tell you that the memories I have 
from moments spent in his office and otherwise are memories I will cherish forever. Um, sp spectacular memories, and I, I find those more dear than any memorabilia. I like that. Yeah, it is good. That is. Go ahead, Stan. Oh, man. So, uh, I mean, I'll just go ahead and ask. This weekend, two big games coming up. Got your final four of the NFL. And give me your predictions on the winners. I feel like, based on a quote that you made about a week or so ago, I feel like I can grasp exactly where you're going to go from the NFC side. So let's you go ahead and start with the ants. You might be surprised. <laughs> but, um, and my gosh, thank you for not repeating the quote because, oh my gosh. The, uh, I mean, you know, and let me take a moment to say in all sincerity, um, I did say something. It was inflammatory to many. I probably could have said it more delicately, but I shared my view. And I yeah. absolutely welcome disagreement. I think disagreement is can be healthy and it can be productive. But oh my gosh, as a society, as a species, yeah, we have got to learn to mm. disagree with one another agreeably. You know, people yeah. can go ahead and tell me I'm wrong and I welcome that discussion. Um, threatening me and saying the sorts of things they said, there's no place for that in civil discourse. Agreed. I will answer that question though. Well, first let me do the other game because you asked about the game first. Um, look, I think highly of both of these teams. Look at Baltimore, look at Kansas City spectacular quarterbacks, spectacular coaches. I mean, this is just the kind of game that, that you want. And I'll use yeah. a very, very technical football term for the game. It's a delicious matchup. It's just going to be great. Um, I, think, I think so highly of the Chiefs and, and, and Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, but it's really, really hard for me to see anyone beating, Buff, beating Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore... Phenomenal defense, phenomenal offense, phenomenal head coach, phenomenal quarterback. Um, can Kansas City do it? Absolutely, positively. Do I think they will? I think I think Baltimore does this. I might feel differently if the game were in Kansas City, but Baltimore is also going to have that home field edge. Um, and I'll tell you, I think I think that I think this. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think the same thing holds true to San Francisco. I might view the game differently if it was in Detroit. Um, and yes, it's exciting for Jared Goff that he's going back to the Bay Area where yeah. he went to high school in Marin yep. County. And my alma mater is his alma mater, Cal Berkeley. Um, but, you know, the, the 49er fans give that team a tremendous home field edge as well. Hey, I want to go back to the coaching uh, current cycle, if we can. And this is kind of for both of you two. I mean, today, Raheem Morris, he's going to go to Atlanta. Uh, we mm -hmm. see Mayo, New England, obviously the Raiders with Pierce. Canales going to Carolina. There's a good chance that Bill Belichick is going to get left out of this hiring cycle. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on that? That's just unreal to me. You want to go first, Stanford? <laughs> I, was about to, I was about to say, Amy, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I'll be happy to. Um, look, I don't know that I view it the way others do, that he might be, quote, left out, close quote. And I do understand that's what people are saying. For all we know, or all we know at this point, I guess, is that he looked at Atlanta. I, I, I didn't really understand from Bill's perspective what the attraction would have been in Atlanta. Um, not that Atlanta doesn't have hope and have opportunity, but you're not walking in there with a Justin Herbert, um, as is the case for Jim mm -hmm. Harbaugh with the Chargers. 
Um, so, you know, I, I think that Atlanta picked the person that they wanted. And I think that Bill has every reason to be very, very selective. Maybe he ends up somewhere this year. Maybe he doesn't. Um, you know, there's been a lot of chitter chatter and rumor that, you know, if the Chiefs go on to the Super Bowl, maybe Andy Reid steps aside. I have no idea whether or not he will. I've simply heard the chitter chatter. That'll be something to watch unfold. But, you know, Bill has earned the right to be very, very selective with where he goes next. And, you know, I don't I don't look at it as he has been left out as much as he may have chosen not to fully embrace this round of, of interviews. You know, it's funny that you that you articulate it like that. And to your question, to your uh, to your question, D.A., him being left out. When you look at his body of work, when you look at everything that he's produced over the last several decades, you're shocked. But then when you remember the mantra of the NFL and both of you know this, the NFL is a what have you done for me lately business. Mm -hmm. And. When you take everything post Tom Brady over the last what Tom Brady's been, uh, what has it been four years or three years since he left New England? I believe three. Okay, so ever since Tom Brady left, there was that first year right after he left. I believe they went to the playoffs with uh, Mac Jones. They got they blown away by the Buffalo Bills. I remember, and ever since then, it has been Matt Patricia. Or it's been Joe Judge being the offensive coordinator. And it's been them just completely looking like a fish out of water. They look completely inept over the last couple of years. So when you think about it from this perspective, if I told you about a coach who just parted ways from his franchise and over the last three to four years, they have not been to the playoffs. They've looked very inept on the offense side of the ball. Defense, eh, relatively average. And let's just say that they look serviceable, but no playoff appearances. Obviously, you look at the draft picks. They haven't turned out to be anything worth a damn. If I were to tell you that and give you a nameless, faceless coach who just parted ways with his team and then told you, yeah, it just seems like uh, – he doesn't really have a lot of interest right now as far as anybody wanting him to uh, be their head coach. Would you be surprised? No, that's fair. And, that's, and that to me is why him being left out is not a big surprise because it's a what have you done for me lately business, not what have you done over the course of a lifetime for a lifetime achievement award. So as far as everybody knows, Bill Belichick, as far as I'm concerned, best uh, best head coach of all time. Uh, definitely the best defense in mind that this game has ever seen. Everybody knows that. He has more championships. He has more Super Bowls than every other team in the league, I believe, outside of the, what, the Pittsburgh Steelers? Because I think they have six. Um, but we all know that this is a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately business, and what-have-you-done-for-me-lately is not very much, whether it's the coach or whether it's the GM, Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm couple thoughts in that regard. Um, number one, I agree with you entirely. He's the best coach of all time. And, you know, a lot of people will push back and say, but Amy, what about Vince Lombardi? What and you know what? Obviously also amazing coaches before Bill, but they didn't deal in the era of free agency as we know it now and salary yeah. cap as we know it now. So I, I think Bill is the best coach of all time. As to your comment about it's a what have you done lately league, I'm going to go further than that. 
we're living in a what have you done lately world. I mean, isn't that that's just part of the, <laughs> yeah, the world? Yeah, very true. You're, you're absolutely right as to the league, but oh my gosh, as to the world as a whole, it's what has happened two minutes ago and people are yeah. forgetting what happened two years ago. The one issue I take, um, and I'm not suggesting you said this, but with others who say it, it wasn't Bill, it was Tom, I view those as not mutually exclusive. In other mm-hmm. words, I think, mm. you know, Tom, obviously, absolutely a magnificent quarterback. But Bill also did what the best coaches do. He best positioned Tom yeah. to be his best. And Tom even acknowledged that when Bill, you know, said goodbye to New England. Tom said he put me in a position and uh-huh. helped me be my best. I so that. I don't view it as mutually exclusive that we have to pick, was it Tom or was it Bill? Um, and, you know, don't even get me started on the whole um, Matt Patricia and, the, you know, I don't, I don't, that, that whole thing didn't make sense to me. But um, look, I, I think Bill, I agree with you as to Bill, and it will be very interesting to see what he does next. And I agree with you on your assessment of, of how good he has been. You know, Amy, just to go ahead and piggyback off that one last part, the whole dichotomy or should I say the whole argument that everybody wants to put up about was it Bill was it Tom I like to think of it in two different two different halves because I remember having talks with Richard Seymour back when he was a teammate of mine with the Raiders and he told me he's like staying like we made Tom who he is now and I think the first three Super Bowls I think that was Bill I think that was the defense that was the run game it was the culture it was the structure once you start getting to the Super Bowl against the Seahawks, the one against the Falcons, the one against the Rams. And obviously we know he wasn't even with New England when they beat the Chiefs a couple of years ago. I think those were more Tom. But I think the first couple, I think those were Bill. So to anybody that's listening who, who always maybe wants to have the barbershop talk about that question, I would say it was both. It just depended on which different era or just which different part of his career that you want to go and try to focus on? First of all, I love the barbershop reference. Well done. Um, <laughs> and, and look, you know, you make some really, really good points. I simply don't think it needs to be either or. Tom, yeah. what, you know, a, a tr- it, you know, I, ca- I can't even say. And that right there is the biggest one. What you say. Uh, yeah, it doesn't need to be either one. It doesn't need to be either or. Tom, I don't need to praise Tom. Everybody knows how good Tom is, was as a quarterback. Who knows? Maybe he'll come out of retirement and do it again. But again, the best coaches best position their players to be their best. And as Tom kept getting better and better and better, they kept evolving the offense around him. I just don't think we need to live in an either or world, but that just may be me being a little stubborn. Not at all. (laughs) Hey, Amy, we'll get you out of here on this one. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about your podcast and how much you're enjoying uh, being on this side? Um, It's a, you know, here I am. When I chose to leave the Raiders, you know, people asked what's next. And I said, I will never, ever, ever, ever go on television. Okay, so I'm on television. And then when I joined CBS Sports, their CBS Sports um, PR team asked me if I would go on social media. And I would say, I will never, ever, ever, ever go on social media. Then I joined what was then known as Twitter and kind of thought it was invented for me. And then I swore I would never, ever, ever, ever do a podcast, which I'm now doing. And I'm having a lot of fun with Susie Schuster. And we do it as part of the Rich Eisen studio and his whole empire, the Rich Eisen show uh, empire. And I'm having fun. And so I guess the lesson in all of this is listen up, kids. 
if you swear you'll never do something, go ahead and give it a try. You might really have some mm. fun. And Stanford, I am having so much fun following you, listening to you. You are so good at this. Um, you, and, Jay. you know, I would imagine there might have been a time where you and I could have had a conversation when I was with the team and you were with the team. And we both swore we would never do this. And <laughs> here we are having fun. And you are really good at it. Likewise, Amy. Likewise, man. I've uh, followed your career, obviously, ever since you left the Raiders and definitely love watching Tops, the other pregame shows and obviously uh, with the podcast as well. So likewise, definitely it's uh, much appreciated. Well, thank you. And again, I will say what I said at the beginning. Al said, never, ever leave a team without corners. And as you know, the Raiders cherish speed. Aldi. And um, those are just two fun reasons I like to talk about um, about you, Stanford. But as magnificent as you were on the field, you are an even better person. So tremendous on the field, even better off the field. And it has been my honor to join you. And I will be happy to do so whenever you might like. Much love. Much love, Amy. I appreciate that. Amy, thank you so much for joining us. It was, a, it was an honor and a real pleasure having you on. Really, really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. The pleasure was mine. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast presented by betonline.ag. For my partner, Stanford Route, our very special guest, Amy Trask. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.